What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Mitha. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We are just a couple of artsy bitches learning about what makes art good and how to talk about it and why to talk about it and when to talk about it and who to talk about it with. And the answer is each other. Only us. We only, only we never talk about art ever besides you. <laughs> <laughs> What's poppin'? Tell me about your snacks for the week. I have been snacking on Olivia Rodrigo's new single, Deja Vu. Talk mine. But like, yeah. It's so good. And then also, I got a fat crush on Seth Rogen. Oh, that's embarrassing. No, it's not. All right. No, it's not. It's not because. Let me Google him again. I read this great um, article. Uh, where he talked about like starting his the the weed business that he just started. I was just reading about his like daily schedule and it sounds like a dream and he goes for like a hike every afternoon with his wife. I just googled him again and I get it. He's so attractive to me right now. And then also he recently did a thing where he was like, because Emma Watson, there was something about that movie, This is the End, where there were reports that she like stormed off the set because she and Seth Rogen had like a tiff. And then he came out, like, recently, he was like, that didn't happen, you guys. Like, I don't know why y'all did that in the news, and I should have cleared it up sooner, but I didn't know how to. Anyway, Emma Watson's a great person, and that slander was definitely sexist. Oh. He's a good dude, and I just, uh, I think he's great, and I'm proud of him for starting his, like, little pottery thing, and then he turned it into a little business, and, like... He's so hot to me. Maybe the reason he's attractive is because he's like a white man, like doing the emotional labor that all white men must do. I know he goes to therapy and that is hot to me. Me and my roommates have this like running metaphor when we talk about my love life, which (laughs) is this idea that like when you go to someone's house, you want their house to be like cleaned up. Like you don't want to go over just to like clean their house. And if you like go into someone's house and like the pipes are spraying water everywhere and there's no floor and you have to like build the table for you to sit at maybe you need to go to a different dinner party for a little bit maybe you find need to find someone else to watch netflix with for a sec not to say that houses cannot be fixed. Like, houses totally can be fixed. But, but you don't have to. You don't have to be the one doing all that. Like, Or maybe, like, maybe you're like, hey, I know you struggle with cleaning your house, and I'd love to come over, like, once a week, and, like, we can clean it together, and it'll be fun, and, like, we can bond over that. But, like, I'm not coming over every day. Like, I'm, I'm not, not a maid service. I'm not going to maintain the house for like, you. Like, you can, you, can, mm-hmm. you can hire a maid service. Yeah. To clean it for you if you can't clean it yourself. This is a great metaphor. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what is... I hope your snacks are better than a white man. What what are you snacking on? (laughs) Um, (laughs) What are you snacking on? Okay. So I drove from Indiana to Colorado on Sunday. And then this coming Sunday, I will be driving from Colorado to Indiana. Um, Amazing. And so that's my solo 15-hour drive where I get to sit and be alone with myself. For 15 hours. Hey, at least you will not have an audiobook of anything that Stephanie Meyer has written because... And that's exciting. Because we finished it. We finished. Because we finished it, the Twilight series. Today is our last day with her. But, um, 
Yeah, I was I was truly gonna say deja vu. Like deja vu and Montero are both on my road Ooh, trip playlist yes. like four times each because I just God. it's frustrating because I'm on a road trip so I can't just listen to them on repeat. Like what if I just listened to those songs on repeat? That's a lot. But what if I did? But anyway, you, you did? can't do that. So you just put them on your playlist multiple times to ensure that they they pop up. Yeah. And it, and it's excellent. Um, I'm having a great time. Um, I'm really excited for her album. I asked my garden manager for some interesting books on um, botany and sustainable farming that I could okay. download on audiobook, and I'm going to tell you about them. I haven't read them Yay. yet, but I trust this man a lot. The Lentil Ar- Underground, The One Straw Revolution, The Omnivore's Dilemma, Botany of Desire, Dirt. Those are some so- some books I have downloaded about sustainability and botany the botany of desire is the one i'm probably most excited about because it's about how humans domesticated plants but also how plants domesticated humans i think that's sexy i will put them all in the show notes and yeah i'm so i'm kind of more excited for my drive back out i'm also gonna i'm gonna see someone who is here with me it's me in the physical same place for the first time in a year Oh my god! I will cry. I will yeah. sob, and it'll be the best birthday gift be, ever. It's gonna be like big, like heart explosion vibes. Like I don't know, I don't know how it's gonna. I'll I'll literally sob. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, I'm very excited to drive out, and then I'm gonna be living on a little private island in Maine, owned by rich people who are mysterious and eating sheep and spinning again because they have a spinning wheel. So that's my story. <laughs> I love this. Honestly, I love this life for you. Was that a snack? <laughs> was that just a life update? No, like, that was perfect life update. We have to do it every time you move farms. We have yeah, to from do farm to farm. I've left the nunnery. the nunnery. Jesus no longer watches us record. Speaking of things that Jesus might not approve Speaking of. Speaking of things Jesus watched over the creation of. <laughs> <laughs> roadmap. The roadmap. All right, fellas. Welcome to Bitch Why if you're new here. Uh, if you're old here, welcome again. That This is like a blatant ripoff of that one YouTuber's thing about how if you subscri- subscribe, you get two greetings. <laughs> if, you, if you subscribe to Bitch Why, you get two greetings. If you're new here, then you don't know that this episode, as well as all of our episodes except for the famed and acclaimed Taylor Swift episode, are made up of four parts. Bitch What, which is an introduction to what we are going to get into. Bitch How, which is kind of, we go through little the little arts bits and we look at them under our little art microscopes and we identify the different cellular parts of them we find like the ribosomes and stuff bitch time which is three minutes where no smart is allowed only stupid we allow you into the the brain fog for three minutes um that you can never get back and finally bitch why which is where we talk about the implications why anything matters why it matters and bitch meter which is our diversity score meter that we learned math for you you know in our last episode we talked a lot about how the the score meter often correlates with quality but doesn't always cause quality but i feel like this is the opposite like the diversity score meter often correlates with quality but doesn't always yeah, cause the, quality yeah b- b- she's right today she She's right. Correct. So like She's for the today. for the last episode it was like the diversity score often correlates with quality but it does not cause quality. And in this episode it's the diversity score often correlates with quality but it doesn't always cause quality. The, the subtle differences in the- Yeah. <laughs> the, the subtle difference between There's a subtle there's a subtle difference there. I don't know. I don't know if you guys between caught Ryan it. Ryan the Lost Dragon and The Last Bitch, what are we dragon. talking about? The Last Dragon. The Lost Dragon? Right. The Last Dragon. <laughs> The dragon. 
What are we talking about this week? We are talking about Midnight Sun. Uh. <laughs> oh boy. I, I've been listening to this on audiobook for like the entire month of March. I read it without voice. And I think that that maybe hearing a man say it into my ears, all those things, maybe made it worse for you. I read this all in a day. I think that's the way to consume it. If you're thinking about picking up Midnight Sun by New York Times bestselling author Stephanie Meyer, I would say pick it up and put it into your eyes instead of spending a month every time you have a free moment listening to the man speak to you. Yeah. Because... I cannot say that listening to the man speak to you is going to positively affect your mental state. I cannot say that. Do I need to recap this book? It's the same as Twilight. It's the same as Twilight, but from Edward's perspective. And we'll talk about all the differences. In the episode. In Bitch How. I will just say that I purchased this monster of a book. I pre-ordered this thing when it came out last year. In the middle of the pandemic, I spent m- so much money on this huge book. It's 600. She's dummy she's thick. thick. Fat with a PH. 620. It's like a 20 hour long audiobook. 658 pages. That's the sound it makes when it hits the table. <laughs> it's so heavy. How many? She's huge. It's just as big as Breaking Dawn, I think, which is fine. But like, Edward's thoughts. Edward has so many thoughts. I think he's got too many, honestly. I think he should maybe stop thinking. Guess other history about this is that a couple chapters of this leaked online in 2008, and then Stephanie Meyer got a lot of like weird backlash about it. Not because 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 people were just roasting it. They're like, this is bad. So then she didn't touch it until 2015, and then she was gonna release it for the 10th anniversary. But then E.L. James released uh, Fifty Shades of Grey from Grey's perspective that year. So then Stephanie Meyer was like, uh, I can't release this now because the Twilight Fifty Shades of Grey comparisons won't stop. But I just really hate that they keep happening. Which is not Steph's fault. None of that is her fault. I just want to say, yeah. like, that's why it took so long to, to happen. I do believe she was treated unfairly throughout a lot of this. And then also, I feel bad that, like, E.L. James just kind of, like, stole her work. Like, bro, like, why? I don't know. Yeah, it is weird that E.L. James was able to just... To just literally kind of, like, rip off, like, whole plot lines. And and... that's not to say nothing against fan work. Like, I love a good fan work. But but there's some stuff that is, like, directly lifted to the point where you're, like, there has to be some sort of copyright Infringement. Thing. Yeah, like, the amount of money E.L. James made off of this. The fact that like, Stephanie has been so chill about it is yeah, honestly... Yeah, that's really cool of Good her, for actually. her. Good for her. And I do feel bad that she felt that she had to kind of keep this work of hers under wraps for so long. Oh, and then in between that, she then... Genderbent Twilight. Twilight, which I also read. I actually want to read Genderbent Twilight because I think it's going to make me, I think it's going to have a lot of himbo energy. Oh, the ladies. Like hot lady energy. And hot, and it's fun, and the ending is cool, and it's good. Like, I'm down to read Genderbent Twilight. I think actually, if if you want some more Twilight content, that is going to actually make you feel good, I would go read Genderbent Twilight. Over. That What's was it called? Fun. Life and Death. 
That's a boring it's title. A boring title. To all of the other. But the names are so funny. I know Bella's named Bo. Bo Edith. Edith. Uh, Joss is James the Hunter vampire, and then Laurent is Lauren, which is so boring. That's so boring. Alice is Archie. Oh, <laughs> Alice deserves to be named Archie. <laughs> Alice and Archie, that's like energy is the same. Same energy. Yeah. Same All right, hat. let's just get into this. Let's get into it. It's time let's for just do bitch, this. bitch how. Yeah, it's bitch how time, baby. 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 Will I okay. say that this book helped me realize some elements of toxicity that were present in a relationship that I had? You will say that. I will say that. I think, so I think if you are looking for kind of like a red flag guide and you're like, hmm, (laughs) am I with a man who's like toxic or am I just with a man who needs to do some work? This is a good book to listen to because if you listen to this book and you're like, oh yeah, I get, yeah, yeah, I get that. um, Then perhaps you need to distance yourself from that individual. So all the stuff I said last episode still stands. God, this was bu- this book was hard to read because I really love a lot of these characters. I enjoyed getting more interactions with like Alice. Yes. Alice is the most valid. There's actually this one line where Edward is like, I don't know if Bella wants to have a vampire for a girlfriend. And I know he just meant like Alice yeah. as a yeah, friend I know. who is a girl. I remember and this I line. Went, you can't say Stephanie Meyer! Like, even though this book was like set in 2005, like, even then, I'm pretty sure people would have been like, the term girlfriend means girlfriend, not like friend who is a girl. It's because Stephanie's Mormon. It's because Stephanie's Mormon and she has no idea. But I was like, I want, I mean, Alice and Bella fanfiction exists. A lot of it is good. So then here's the thing, actually, we were talking about fate last episode. This is so much more terrifying to read that, like, Edward and Alice literally have, like, no autonomy. Alice is just like, um, so you're gonna fall in love with her, cool? Cool. And Edward is like, no, I don't understand. And then, like, he is, quote-unquote, falling in love with her. But he quite literally acts as though he's in love with her before anything has happened because Alice has literally told him that that is just what is going to happen. Yeah. And, like, that's worked out for her because, like, when she and Jasper met and then she knew to go to Carlisle because she's like, we're going to be a family. (laughs) I think that was, like, part of the reason it was a little weird for me to review Breaking Dawn and Eclipse and be, like, pro-Edward in any way because I think reading this book, I was very hyper-aware of how much the relationship snowballs from nothing to something in like 15 seconds because even though this book is longer than it has any right to be it takes place over such a short period of time and I feel like I really felt the full weight of the brevity yeah they both fall in love with each other without speaking to each other having like a conversation Edward falls in love with Bella through penetrating other people's thoughts and falling in love with her through the eyes of everybody else around him. And Bella falls in love with how much he's mean to her. Yeah, and then because they are told that it is in the stars, then they just act, act accordingly. On that. Like, within their first date, they're already talking about getting married and turning her into a vampire. 
I also think that so so what I was kind of getting onto with the like this book is a really great window into toxic behavior that men do sometimes is this thing that I felt like was one of my greatest takeaways from the book and something that I think that people should look out for and look for, out for when they're doing it themselves is Edward spends a lot of time projecting what he thinks Bella is thinking onto her and then making decisions about their relationship that they have together based on his false ideas about what she wants and needs. That mm -hmm. was very frustrating to listen to because we know how much he's wrong about what she... Yeah, because we've been inside her mind because we read Twilight. Yeah, I think maybe that's the reason it was so icky to me was I was like, it's so clear that he's wrong about what she's thinking and what she wants and needs. And... In that way, I think it was illuminating to the way that this behavior is toxic because a lot of times when you make assumptions about the way people are thinking or feeling about you, you never really get to know. You never get to know what opposite side of that coin is. You just know what you think or what people think you think. And so I think mm -hmm. it was kind of cool because it put that contrast really starkly for me and I was able to be like, oh yeah, that's a really toxic trait. So shout out to Steph for revealing that to me. In terms of like side-by-sides, there's a little more detail in some of their conversations. But other than that, I mean, you find out like the Linkin Park CD. There's like some things where you're like, oh, I didn't know Bella liked that movie. Cool. Like, I didn't know. But that's nothing. That's just, mm -hmm, I just yeah. want to say that. Also, Bella's taste could be better. Oh, yeah. Well, could be better. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bella is the easy to digest self-insert. And I think what this book tries to do is make her seem really interesting because through Edward's eyes, she becomes this like complex puzzle that he needs to solve. And blah, blah, blah. and then I could feel though, like, because I was sitting in the body of a man reading the book, she felt so manic pixie dream girl to me. And I know it's in her head because I could just go pick up Twilight and I know it's in her head. And like, just because you can't read her thoughts, that doesn't mean they're worth reading, my guy, because you just said earlier that you believe reading the thoughts of all of these children, he calls them all children, Which all the time. Which means he knows. He knows. And he believes that, like, their minds aren't worth reading. So why are you so pressed trying to read this one person's mind when you're watching him talk to her and he's like, I need you to tell me what's going on in your head all the time because I don't know. And she's just, like, an awkward child. And she's like, um, I, uh... Uh, I don't know what my, I don't know. What about her is so exciting? I don't understand. I guess. I, uh, <laughs> no, do you have more? I No, I just, I feel bad because now I sound like the Twilight haters that were like really mean to me when I was little. But I just think that this book is like 10 years too late. Yeah. I guess the, those thoughts brought up three thoughts that I okay, had. Okay, great. Amazing. So the first thought was just, it's just like an interesting little like, like side thought, which is like, oh, isn't it cool that kind of everyone becomes a manic pixie dream girl in the eyes of people who are in love with them? That's so cute. Like, maybe we were all manic pixie dream girls because everyone's complicated and interesting and has the capacity to change someone's life. I think someone who reads minds would be able to know that, like, humanity is incredibly complex. But 
all the insight we get into Rosalie and Emmett and all these characters that I really was excited to like read more about was just like Rosalie is vapid. Emmett's a himbo. Emmett Alice, is a himbo. Emmett is a himbo. But like Emmett. But, I would like, read a book about but, Emmett because he's better. I want the whole saga from Emmett's, Emmett's perspective. Yeah. Like, just the whole, actually, that's a fan fiction I think you should write. Anyway. Um, I will. I love Emmett. He, they, I see, am they Emmett. have so much care for human life. They don't want to destroy human life. But, like, Edward, you sit in people's brains all day, and all you get from them is, like, the most superficial thoughts? I don't think so. I don't think so. It was very frustrating so. to have Edward's point of view on on human beings, because I have never met a human being who is that uninteresting. I don't know where he is in the universe <laughs> but humans yeah i just feel like every person is just this interesting complicated bundle of like thoughts and feeling and things that they love and things that they hate and it's never so simple as the way edward describes people to the point where he's like i think people are stupid and bad and humanity is her- inherently bad because they're so dumb and i read their minds all day and i realize that they're dumb but like have I ever met anyone who was that uninteresting? Never in my fucking life. Who had nothing to be exciting about. Yeah, I, like, d- I do wonder if, like, after a hundred years of mind reading, he's gotten, like, a shorthand sort of thing where he's just like, whatever. Shouldn't everyone be a complex puzzle that you yeah. want to solve? Because everyone's got things that are, like, complicated and conflicting. And I think it's because Stephanie Meyer didn't feel like writing more characters than the ones she already had. And if she went too far into the vat of everyone is complicated and contains multitudes, then she would be forced to flesh out. Then Bella wouldn't be important. Yeah, um, or interesting. And one of, like, the things that is uniquely Bella is her one-track mind and the fact that Bella ends up being wholeheartedly absorbed by Edward and then that becomes her entire self. And if she acknowledged that every single human being in the world has like a lot of interest and depth and fascination, then she would have to acknowledge the fact that Bella doesn't. Bella really just loves Edward and that's most of what she is. And she devotes herself to being that. But also like, at least in Twilight, Bella had some other things she did in the books like she has charlie and she talks with her friends this whole book is about bella edward doesn't have a single thought that isn't about bella at least bella had thoughts that were not about edward t i did like (laughs) this is kind of a little unrelated thing but i did like his perspective on charlie i thought that was fun yeah i thought the hereditary unreadableness i thought that was interesting i was was sexy and i love charlie so even though he's a cop a cab Okay, he actually says, there's this one line, (laughs) talking Um, about that. While you look at that, I'm going to talk a little bit about, so you were talking about how Edward in this book feels palpably older than Bella, and that really stuck out to me. I thought some of the most interesting parts of the book, um, the parts where I was most engaged was when we were learning about Edward's backstory. Oh, okay. Bella was, I trusted safe inside her home for a moment. I was fiercely glad that Charlie Swan, head of the local law enforcement, trained and armed, was her father. <laughs> Edward cab. said blue lives matter. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Oh, disgusting. Nita, I'm so sorry to break this to you, but Edward did. did say blue lives matter. He said blue lives matter and also fuck indigenous people, but that's not for the section. Um, (sighs) So the most interesting parts were learning about Edward's backstory, but then 
reading things from his perspective, I felt like it felt more clear that Edward is an old man in love with a little girl. It reminded me a lot of Lolita, which I listened to on audiobook while driving cross country, which is the absolute ideal way to listen to Lolita. It's a good, good book. If you're ever on a road trip, I recommend doing that. Honestly, in so many ways, I'm about to do some literary analysis that I'm sure has been done, but I think that this is going to blow our minds. Like Lolita and Twilight are both about a man who is significantly older than the objects of his affection is specifically attracted to things about her that make her inaccessible to him and knows in his mind that being in love with her is the wrong thing to do and yet still makes choices in order to be with her and is unable to love anyone else besides her. I think in my reading of it I focused a lot on the like I'm a monster no one will love me and I was like Bro, stop. Like, yeah, calm I was like, buddy, like, down. Shut up. He will say this for pages. He will yeah. go on for pages. So I was getting Beauty and the Beast vibes. I was getting, like, Phantom of the Opera vibes. I was like, this man will not stop talking about how much of a goddamn monster he is. I, I have so to sick. make one more Lolita parallel, but the whole idea that Edward is so afraid of her marrying a Mike and that being the right thing, <laughs> but like also he hates it and has to stop her from doing it. Okay, is... but Stephanie Meyer's also afraid that she married a Mike. Stephanie Meyer married a Mike, send tweet. I don't know if I have the emotional wherewithal to write an essay comparing Midnight Sun and Lolita. I don't know if I have that within me, but someone should. I can do it. Because the parallels are yeah. <laughs> intense. Like, credit I, me yeah. somewhere on it. Like, dedicate it to me, but don't, don't make yeah. me write it. I'll put you in the, read. I'll put you in the, like, dedicate, yeah. Mm-hmm. The acknowledgments. In the acknowledgments. In the bibliography. To um, the love of my Some life of the more, quote-unquote, problematic elements of their relationship that you're kind of able to push aside from Edward's point of view. Because, like, what she sees is him being a young teenager and being in love with her and so I don't think she really gets the scope of how much older that he is than her and like how much he wants to kill her and how obsessed he is with her and then when we read it from his perspective you're like fuck he's so old and he wants to kill her and he's obsessed with her yeah I mean she knows he wants to kill her and she doesn't care. And she doesn't care. And, like, when you read it not from her perspective, so you at least don't have the any justification that she has, and it's just this girl saying, like, I don't care. The problem is, I think you shouldn't take this book out of her perspective because then you lose the person that is relatable. Not that I think Bella is, like, the perfect protagonist, but she at least is, like, the person that you are more closely aligned with because you're both humans and maybe around the same age and and edward comes off as like like, someone who's grooming her just a yeah so then i know that she's obsessed with him and i know he's obsessed with her i felt like i was in i was watching an episode of you which is also like that kind of media is like weirdly in right now of like talking about serial murder from the perspective of the killer this book i think could have been a really interesting character study and i think to some extent it kind of is an interesting character study of like what happens 
if you are forced to live for, like, a hundred years stuck in the body of a 17-year-old who can read minds and has, like, experienced almost everything and then is, like, incredibly jaded and then is then given, like, a spark of, like, something interesting happening Mm -hmm. and then getting obsessed with it and like some of the obsession and the age stuff is like explained away by the like vampires mating for life once they find a mate it's like that's them which is basically like imprinting and then also they say when you're (laughs) when you're turning a vampire you're frozen in that point in time all your likes all your dislikes are like solidified so yes maybe he's got like the physical body of a 17 year old and some of the mindset that he had when he was 17 but he has also lived. You can't erase hundred the hundred years, years of his. You can't get rid of the hundred years of time. So the thing is, like, if Stephanie Meyer wanted to clear that up, like, if she wanted to make it feel less weird, she shouldn't have made him speak like he's from another time. She should have been like, this is a teenage boy. He's not going to call people children. He's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. And, like, if she wanted to retcon, which I don't know if I, like, agree with, but again, she's kind of taken all the things that people lobbed at her. And just was like, yeah, that's true. You can tell that, like, the scenes are lifted exactly from Twilight. So, like, you can do a side-by-side and all the dialogue is the exact same. Like, she she did the work of that, which, like, is a feat in itself. Like, that's nice for her. I feel like Twilight could have been just as good and not as creepy if Edward had been just turned into a vampire. If Edward was like, I got turned into a vampire this year. Oh. And I am so hungry and I'm so attracted to you and I'm trying to deal with all this new stuff that's coming at me and I don't get it and I feel confused and scared. Yeah. I feel like that would have been such an interesting, it would have put them on an even playing field in terms of like we're both experiencing something terrifying and traumatic Mm -hmm. and life-changing. And also it would, would have still had the kind of thing that I think is maybe what I imagine people love about Twilight is this idea of like someone who it's fundamentally incompatible with you and then making it compatible anyway. Like someone who wants to kill people but doesn't want to kill you. Also, he's just he's a simp. And, and he's a simp and he just con- loves her a lot. And the self-control. It was like interesting to read about the self-control stuff. Yeah. How much he loves her is kind of hot. Like it's like it, it would be nice to be loved. What by is someone. more attractive than people than, than being, being having someone be in love with you? And I think that this could have reciprocal, been reciprocal relationships like, are hot. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, good. Oh, but it I missed the Ballad of Songbirds and wasn't, Snakes. It just wasn't. And I and and I think the other thing about Edward is like he doesn't know how to be a human anymore. He even says it, I think. He's like, it's been so long since I've had to actually, like, think about what it is to be a human. And he kind of, like, tries to do it for Bella, and then she doesn't even want him to do that. So then he's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, like, be a vampire, and, like, you're cool with it. And they don't really ever have talks about what it means that he is a vampire, because she doesn't ask. And he doesn't tell. They just are gonna be together. And... I sound like I've made a complete 180. However, I will still watch the movies and enjoy them and, like, be fine with it all. But I felt like Rosalie was done a disservice yeah. because he doesn't Ooh. say anything nice about her until, What like, a great segue into my thoughts. I think Stephanie Meyer just, like, lo- missed out on a really good opportunity to, like... Make Rosalie interesting. Make Rosalie interesting. Give us more Alice. Give us more Emmett. Stephanie Meyer has this problem where, like, 
three quarters into the book, then action happens. And yeah. then it's the last hundred pages is the, is like... Is the whole plot. I sat through 500 pages of pining and uh, lamenting and... Uh, until I finally got a vampire baseball. And I was like, holy shit. Anyway, and Stephanie Meyer even said on record, she was like, I actually didn't really like writing the scenes between Edward and Bella... Those were the hardest for me to write. The easiest was for me to write was anything outside of their conversations that I hadn't already written in Twilight. And I was like, then why didn't you just write that? Or just like why? write about Alice finding Jasper or and then the them Alice finding Jasper the Collins. Story. Like that'd be so dope. Yes. Except for stop making, like don't make Jasper a Confederate soldier. Why did you do that? Because Jasper is like my fave. Jasper is the best. Why did she do that? And uh, um, yeah. Anyway. Your segue about Rosalie. Going, like, continuing in my through line about toxic relationships, mm -hmm. um, I think reading from Edward's perspective made very stark some of the tragic ideas Stephanie Meyer has about what it means to be a woman in the mm. right way. The The ways it represents toxic relationships is because the thing Edward is most attracted to about Bella is how self-sacrificing she is and how she's willing to do anything and put anything above herself in order to, like, protect other people. And yeah. let me say, folks, if that's you, like, good for you, but please seek therapy. I'm seeking <laughs> therapy for sometimes having this mindset of, like, I'll be better if I never have any needs or wants and I only care about the needs and wants of other people. And that's, like, not a good way to approach life. And being attracted to that within other people is perhaps something you should examine about yourself. Because what does it mean that this person is has absolute no, like, self-value. Like, that's not a great way to live life. But also, like, the kind of way Edward paints women is he's kind of got two types of women. He's got, like, vapid women. So Jessica and Rosalie are kind of vapid, mm -hmm. and they love boys, and they're mean. Although, Rosalie being into cars, hot. That is hot. That's hot. That is hot. Anyway. That is um, hot, actually. We'll that's talk really about it hot. during bitch time. Which um, I, I wish she had set his car on fire. I wish she had. And then there's the other type of woman, which is, like, an ultimately nurturing person. Alice. Alice, Bella, Bella. that one friend. Okay, this was a cute part. When, Angela. When he set up Angela. That was cute. That was cute. That was actually really sweet of that him sweet. to do that. I'm sorry. Rights for that part. His love language is, like, physical gifts, I think. His love language is, like, acts of service and gifts. Acts of service and gifts. So then he's like, I must repay Angela. And, like, that felt really weird to me. <laughs> but it's nice that he did that. And it was a fun scene to listen and to. And it was cute. It was very cute. Because Emmett was in it. And so then... Whenever yeah, Emmett fun. is in a scene, immediately the scene... Okay, I love that Emmett's like, you know, it's okay. You could just accidentally kill Bella. That's fine. We all make mistakes, man. Like, he was like, King. it's okay if you he's accidentally... Right. You're good. Just, you know. He's we like, all, chillax. We all, He's we've like, all done it. Yeah, we've all made, we've all done that. You've killed a lot of people, bro. It's a little, oh, oopsie daisy. Whoop. Oh. <laughs> I did a little oopsie. Oops. Oopsie <laughs> and oopsie killing. <laughs> oopsie murder. Guess we um, gotta move. Any oh my God. way. So I feel like this really represents the biases about womanhood that Stephanie Meyer infuses into all of her writing, which is that the best way to be a woman is to be self-sacrificing and nurturing, and the worst way to be a woman is to have any feelings for yourself, to have any self-care, like, desire for things that are yours. 
I don't like the way she demonizes desire. I think that's really sad. Like the way Jessica, he's like, oh, Jessica used to have a crush on me and now she has a crush on a different man. And I'm like, why not? Like, why is it so bad that Jessica desires things? Why is it so bad that Rosalie desires things? That she wants to be beautiful. She likes being an object of attraction. Those things aren't inherently bad. These books go out of their way to make it feel like they're bad. And then contrastly, the idea that everything you do is for someone else. You can never have feelings of self-worth. He really is turned off by feelings of self-worth. It was just really sad. And I could read it in the books. I think it is a big part of the other books. But then reading it from Edward's perspective, it was just so stark. It it kind of um, made clear a lot of the fundamentalism that's imbued in these books, um, these ideas about masculinity and femininity that are very strict. And to be fair to this book, reading it made me think about a lot of things that I value about myself and I what I value about relationships and critically think like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this a vestige of internalized misogyny? Yeah. What do I need in order to have a happy partnership? What is romantic attraction? Like, how do I find someone who I care about wholeheartedly, but not in a way that is going to destroy me? So in a way, this book was really interesting. It made me think a lot about my own life and my own values and relationships. But it was also mainly that because it was so awfully things that I don't want for myself. <laughs> I agree, actually. I think in reading this, I was like, no, I don't want this. No, I don't want that. Ooh, I don't want that either. And um, I don't feel tricked by this series. I, like, grew up reading it. I think everyone read Harry Potter in elementary school, and then I had, like, a little... My depression hit in, like, middle school, so I stopped reading for a bit, and so Twilight helped me, like, get back into reading. I love the movies. I think they're ridiculous great and so times fun. To be had. A great time. You and I will watch them together and it'll, it'll be, be really fun. Baller. But like aside from the like few gems of like silly things like the insider trading thing or like Emmett being like, oh no, it's fine. I couldn't get into this. And and it, I think I also um in the same way I kind of feel about going to Disneyland now, in that like that's not really a space for me. Which is so dumb to say, but like it, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I, no, it, it does. They like, I feel like I'm moving into a certain part of my life where like I lose access to certain things that I used to have access to, which is fine because now I have access to different things. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's good that I couldn't get into this book. I could feel myself falling sometimes when he would say something really sweet, but then I'd be like, ew, no, that's actually because it's coated in so much extra stuff it's gross and uh knowing what i know now of edward i feel like robert pattinson did a great job being so unhinged in his performance robert pattinson was absolutely everyone's like the robert pattinson casting. like all of the acting is so bad in twilight you're wrong because the acting is absolutely true okay, to form the it is okay the text. in the classroom in the biology classroom in that first scene with her that, hair and the like, he's literally like, page I will, description. Seven pages he goes on for like, okay, well, I have to kill her. So if I kill her, so here's I have to kill, to kill everyone her. in the classroom. But, but then I can't kill. What's the best way like, to kill what's the, everyone <laughs> in the classroom? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a serial killer. Like, I'm reading, I'm the 
this is a murderer. I know he's a murderer. He's also killed people before, but this is like so bad. And I just... And Robert Pattinson brought that. He brought that. That's what he brought. I guarantee you, someone do a voice recording of that scene being read while he's, while the film is playing and that it will all match up. It will line up. It will make sense. We'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) It Honestly. It worked. (laughs) The performances in Twilight, having now read Midnight Sun. Oh, and Bella's just exactly like that. Bella's exactly. "Mm, mm, She's like, I don't. It's perfect. It's perfect. The casting is perfect. It's perfect. Everything about Twilight is perfect. (laughs) In that it is exactly what it is. We must applaud the consistency. Twilight never tries to be something it's not. (laughs) It always is fully itself. That is powerful. I mean, I feel like something we always complain about is when things forget what they are. No, Twilight has never forgotten. I think the movies take themselves really seriously. If they hadn't, we wouldn't have gotten men like them. Yeah. Yeah, the way they are. Exactly. That's why it's perfect. They did all these things wrong, but it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. Yeah. I love when he kills that spider and he's like, I don't want anything. I'm protecting her. (laughs) It's time for bitch time. It's time for bitch time. We have to talk about all this stupid shit. It's time for bitch time. No smart, only nothing. Ready, go. I lo- okay. I love when he saves her from the car and he's like, I said a word I've never said before in the presence of a lady. <laughs> he's so, he's such Ridiculous. a man of the 20s or whatever. Sh- like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. He's, I like two, sh- he's two medical degrees. <laughs> he has two medical degrees and he still doesn't know <laughs> shit. And why is he in high school? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Why did they go to the high school? Why did they make them go to high school? Leave, leave them be. Like, Let them go they... to college. They're old enough. 17-year-olds. Have you ever seen a freshman year college student? They look like babies. Yeah, You yeah. can let them go to college again. I love that he wants to kill Mike so bad for just being a teenage Mike. boy, but Mike and him are having all the same thoughts. Edward let is just Mike so self-righteous. Be yeah, let, let Mike, Mike be thirsty. Just be thirsty. He's just a stupid boy. Edward okay, is just mad that he's a virgin, and Mike is like maybe not a virgin, maybe not. And so he's like, "Damn, like Mike and I are the same, except for I'm a virgin, so I'm a better person." I, Carlisle is daddy. Oh, I like Carlisle. Carlisle is hot. He's so neat. He's daddy. Um, Rosalie's hot. Rosalie is honestly hot. I, Rosalie I pegs. Genuinely, <laughs> like, would love to read about the whole family. Like, the family is so interesting. And why is Edward everyone the only one we know is about? so cool? Oh my god! When fucking Edward hears all these women having sexual fantasies about him, and he's just like, "This is normal." <laughs> <laughs> he's just like the lady at the front desk he manipulates the, the lady. pedophilia of the people around him Literally. for his own and cause the one lady is just like he's too young for me she shits her inner monologue cause this man is so hot but he's too young she has to keep reminding herself not to be a pedophile oh my god <laughs> um, the amount of times I didn't count but the amount of times he flashes his teeth stop it stop the term flash your teeth happens a billion times it's so annoying I every time I see that phrase in particular, I feel like I think about I what it means to like bare like. your teeth. Look, 
It doesn't look scary. Maybe it's because doing? I'm not scary enough. Well, he says like, he's snarling and teeth, growling. Yeah, he's like, they're <laughs> snarling, there's growling. I'm like, I can't imagine a human growling words at me. Like, what the fuck is happening? Um, oh, when he's, t- when he's, when he's wearing, growling. <laughs> when he's um, deciding what to wear uh, for when he reveals himself, and he's like, my forearms, I don't know if I should keep them covered, or I should, it's I'm too just, much. it's too much skin I'm showing, I gotta cover my ankles, like, he's like just... king, king of modesty, <laughs> he's really... king of, oh. honestly, like, king of being a good Mormon man, he's a good Mormon Let boy. Edward be one time Mormon. he's like, I was just like, I could never be a normal boy, he literally says that, I wish I could be a normal boy. We give Bella so much shit for not being like other girls, but Edward, Edward is, like, is not like other girls. He's like, I can never be a normal boy. I, I can never be a normal boy for her. Shut up. Have you met oh, a man, oh. first of all? And also, no, you can't. You suck. There's this one part he's like, I put in a CD of violent music. <laughs> <laughs> so that he could, like, channel it. Yeah. Aw, King. But, like, it makes me wonder, what does violent music mean to him? Like, is it, like, a violent... Like, Classical. I was saying, are you listening to Paramore? What are you doing? Like, you a, like heavy to? metal? Or are we listening to, like, Mumford and Sons, yeah, like, what Angry is... Banjo? He's like, I gotta get the angst out. And it's, like, the newest Panic at the Disco album. <laughs> We should make that. We should make a playlist. Okay, this is our. This is Edward's our angst playlist. Edward's violent. We will music make playlist. it. We'll have in the show notes. We will make one. Okay, it's time. It's bitch. Why we're in bitch? Why? Here's the other thing that really freaked me out about this was that like. I felt like the clumsiness of Bella was like to a thousand percent in this because you have Alice being like, I gotta keep 24 hour supervision on this bitch. Like, that feels so weird to that me. That was so scary. She's like a toddler that they like follow yeah, around. That was so scary. Okay, the one thing I do like is that she's like, I know we're gonna be best friends, so I just can't wait to be best friends. Like, that's cute. That was so cute. That's sweet. But then everything else is like. Writes for Alice and for no one else. And no Alice, else. Emmett, and Jasper. Jasper. Break and off. Rosalie. And, and Rosalie, Rosalie and Carlisle can come too. I Esme, Esme I don't know. kind of boring. She's, She's just boring. boring. I'm just not that she interested. She also in she her. also like really is just like gunning for Edward to get laid. Like, I also think like, it's I'm weird so that like Edward's happy. like she's my mom. Like I'm like 30 years older than her, but she's my mom. But she like wants that's weird to me. The but coven. she like wanted a family. Yeah, Stephanie Meyer just doesn't believe a woman is complete until she has a family. And so like, what does it mean to the women that she does give a family, like Bella and Esme? And what does it mean to like Leah, who actually doesn't get a complete family? Like even Rosalie kind of gets a circle because she gets to have a baby in her life yeah. that she wa- like because she wanted that. But then Leah's arc is never complete because Stephanie Meyer just doesn't care. Stephanie Meyer is racist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? What's the why? That's it. That was racism. it. It's the racism. It's the racism. But yeah, this book or just totally just takes racism, away scoop. Bella's autonomy and all the things I talked about last week. The last time is the just whole like, autonomy. Is... The autonomy thing is gone. Bitch, why should you read this? Because it might illuminate some things about the toxic relationships in your life. That's, yeah. And, uh, but I don't know. There's maybe other better ways to do that. Well, there's, there's you know. Therapy. 
there's uh, resources online that can help you determine whether or not you have been or are in a toxic relationship and how to get out of it. So maybe don't read a work of fiction about some sexy vampires. Go to therapy. But if you bought this book when it came out or were thinking about buying this book when it came out, you may totally give it a read. There's definitely some things that are fun in here. Um, if you liked the like side characters and just wanted to like have some more time with them, but that's also what fan fiction is for. And I'm yeah. sure there's much better fan fiction about all your favorite side characters who don't really get much other than like some really superficial things said about them which is annoying because edward can literally read minds so why don't we get to just so why doesn't he well i would have think would think would be a better arc is that like he goes from believing humans are not all that complex to then realizing he's wrong and like i would have loved a journey for just him never lands. he doesn't really go on he's the like journey. all humans are spat except for this one who i don't know anything about uh i don't let her be her own person uh, and I think it's funny when she tries to stand up to me because, like, I'm a big, scary vampire. And uh, I don't want to turn her into a vampire because that would mean that we're on an equal playing field. And uh, uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and if that happens and then all of the dynamic of our relationship actually goes away and Gaia was, like, a little bit right about everything you said the last time. and But you uh, were also right, so we were both right. We were both right, but I think that this book just, like, doubles down on the wrong things. I, I like your whole argument about like what matters is Bella's choice and I yeah. agree with it and I think that's why you are right in the grander scheme of the series. <laughs> um, that being said, I think there's something to be thought about of sometimes you want to be in relationships that are not good for you. Agree. Even though it's what you chose, it's not a good thing for you. So that's not something to be totally written off. Yeah, and the va- the vampires have a very complicated relationship to right and wrong. Their morals are very confusing. Like, to be a good vampire is to eat only animals. But then Edward has a talk with someone else who's like, it is the greatest joy in my life, in this life, is to be a vampire and drink human blood because that is, like, the most satisfaction I can get. And then Edward is like, actually the most satisfaction I can get because I have tried human blood before and it's not that great. It didn't give me the full satisfaction, but Bella gives me that full satisfaction. There's a lot of like weird themes about desire and like will and fate and morality, but I don't know exactly what this book is trying to tell me. Like what what are its actual thoughts what on all of those things? What are the actual thoughts about all those things? Because you can pose all of these ideas, but then there's no one commenting on them except for Edward, and he is maybe not the best soundboard for all of these thoughts and feelings because, well, what's interesting, what I thought we were going to get more of is the, like, how do I deal with someone that I am interested in and also I want to kill them, but then by page 250, they're in love. And it's, like, mostly fine. Like I said, I'm kind of, if anyone wants to send me some, like, fun romance wrecks where people are more exploring, like, when you like someone a little and the transition from liking someone a little to liking someone a lot is, like, a fun journey to go on. The transition between I like you a lot and I want to build a life with you is a fun journey to go on. And, I mean, this isn't really the series that cared about exploring that. Like I said, I think if I rewrote, if I wrote Twilight... I would have made Edward a recently turned vampire and kept a lot of the themes about him struggling with, like, thirst and self-hatred, but have it be more of a mutual conversation about, like, 
finding yourself and more of like a coming of age story that would have been fun and it would have eliminated a lot of like the weird maybe i'll write a play about it although yaroslava is, is already doing a sexy a... piece about vampires there can but... be more than one play about vampires if i was a vampire i would go to college for every single thing it's possible me to go to college too for. i would study so much shit i, I would, would so i ex- would have all the time in the world to write i would read every book known to man i would <laughs> i would do yeah. so much shit I would, I would finally catch up on my TV shows. <laughs> this whole thing about, like, how people are going to notice. Have you seen celebrities? They don't age. No, they look great now. You could just literally be like, oh, they got work done. I'm sure they got work or, done. Or, like, do some makeup. Do some king. makeup. Like, learn stage makeup. <laughs> learn stage. So y'all, y'all don't sleep, so you have the time to have, have like, time. extremely... Inf- you could all have your own little aging prosthetics, and, like, every couple years you use your aging prosthetics, and then you die. Yeah, exactly. And then people are like, wow, Edward Cullen looks a lot like Edward Conan. Isn't it crazy how doppelgangers exist through history? Yeah, like that literally, literally have like the, oh, that guy looked like Keanu Reeves back in the, like, like, that's, it, yeah. whatever, like, come on, like, this is so ridiculous, but, um, also. This is bitch why. <laughs> yeah, the way they make their money is hilarious to me. Um, Alice, like, uses her future seeing powers to, like, bet on the stock market. <laughs> As someone who cares about sustainability, I had a lot of issues with the way the Cullens lived their life. They're incredibly wasteful. And then in contrast to, like, one... I mean, I know that they are in juxtaposition against um, an indigenous tribe always, but that just felt like another, like... Layer. Layer, yeah. And them hunting in national parks. Like, fellas, if you're hunting, like, multiple times a week, and, and you have to eat, like multiple animals every time like you are not going to be able to sustainably if someone hunts a deer like a human person hunts a deer they they get one and they butcher it that's like enough meat for a year but edward cullen needs that like twice a week so and i hate how oh this is like a bitch why this is actually a bitch why thing i hate how apolitical they are they live forever and choose not to interfere at all with making human human lives better despite the enormous influence they could have i hate that (laughs) what's better or worse um edward and his family not uh, involving themselves in politics the only thing we know is that jasper was in the confederate army or grindelwald tried to stop World War Two, and then everyone and then stopped, stopped him, him no. stopping World War Two. <laughs> Yo, why is this like a thing though? Like this whole like why oh, Percy no, Jackson too? It's like oh Shakespeare was a demigod. Like like we could never interfere with human history, bro. Just retcon World War Two. Also, vampires. Like I don't know why they need to hide from humans. Like what are humans gonna do? What are we gonna do? What are you gonna we do? We can't kill you. We, yeah, literally. Yeah, you can't. I don't know why they hide. I don't get it. I really, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. Uh, I think a much sexier idea, th- maybe this is why I'm into urban fantasy, but like, I think a much sexier idea is a universe where humans and mystical creatures both exist and like the ideas of the different, like, the the ways that people would then interact and um, it's so that's unfortunate just interesting. Because there's this movie called Bright. Uh, which kind of has that thing, I've heard about really this, bad. and then Lindsay it's weirdly Ellis did a like video Blue about Lives it. Matter. Like, yeah, yeah, ooh, yikes. Yikes, <laughs> It's really bad. Um, I think my thing is, like, what is Twilight's legacy, and should we even care about it? 
truly, like, I don't know how much impact this book had, other than when I throw it on a desk, it's really loud. <laughs> the impact. <laughs> the impact of the de- on the desk is uh, massive. Um, the but impact on my mental health when I read it over health, three weeks. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> I dedicated a couple hours of my life to this book. I finished it, and I uh, don't feel any certain type of way, other than I don't love this this kind of, like like, the show you and, like, this book and this kind of like fascination with serial killers from the wrong perspective of focusing on the killer and not the victims or like what we can learn from that which is like i think where true crime uh popularity has gone which is disgusting and fucking just don't do it just like i i love a murder show i love a murder show but talk about that one quote from the new jim crow every single episode violence violence begets violence like why are we talking about that like nobody's interested in that why is nobody talking about that i'm probably never gonna pick up this book again just because i think my extent of interacting with twilight now is like tiktoks and the movies. We should link some good Twilight fan fiction. In some the good show notes. Twilight fan fiction. Some funny Twilight TikToks. Um, yeah, some good Twilight yeah, if content. If you got anything out of these books, granted they're not written amazingly. I will say Midnight Sun is written a little bit better than the first Twilight, just because it's been ten years. So I would hope it's been. Oh my god, it's been like twenty years. Like I hope Stephanie Meyer is like a better Gotten writer better. now. Uh, and she has. Um, she does have a repetition problem. She really just loves to repeat some of these same ideas over and over and over again, like hit you over the head with it. Enjoy Twilight at your own risk. And Kristen Stewart's gay now. And good for us. And good for us for that. <laughs> I would say that I am glad I read Twilight because I like talking to you about it. I like the way <laughs> we've learned about ourselves and yeah. each other. And I don't know. I felt like I learned a lot from reading and watching it. Not necessarily because Stephanie Meyer is good at writing, but just because I had things that I needed to learn from it. So I guess there's nothing that you will ever read that you don't have anything to learn from. Amazing. All right. Is it time for the bitch meter? It's time for the bitch meter. I am proud of us. For like Proud of us. doing Twilight and like for um, seeing through to the and end. for seeing through to the Twilight and also like finding common ground in a lot of these places. Bitches be compromising. Yeah, we are bitches. Maybe the real Twilight saga was, was the, the friends, friends we made, made along, along the way. The way. <laughs> Maybe it was. Oh Perhaps. man. All right, it's time for the bitch meter. What do we give it for queer? Na, except for the line about Alice being. Bella's girlfriend. Alice and Jasper, bye for bye. We said it before. We'll say it again. We'll um, say it every single time or we'll repeat it forever. Also, the inherent homoeroticism of Rosalie being a car Into chick. cars. Okay, I yeah. I don't think Rosalie and Emmett are, like, in love. I think they're gay. That's all I have to say. I don't... I don't... I just don't really care about their relationship, but they both have such strong gay energy Tell that I must... You, yeah. Tell us if you want us to review gender-bent Twilight. <laughs> I kind of want to review gender. Maybe bent we'll Twilight. do it. Maybe we'll do it. I kind of wanna. Maybe we'll do it. Uh, for gender, we gave it a one. I just think that like Edward skews a lot of of any character development that could have happened for Rosalie or Alice or like literally anyone. Like any autonomy from Bella is taken away. I just this is a disservice to women. And yeah, exactly. That's all. 
for race, we gave it a minus one, just the inherent racism of the weird thing going on with Edward and the Cullens and the indigenous people of their area. Yikes. Disability, we gave it an NA. I know Jacob's dad is in a wheelchair, but Edward is mean to Jacob's dad. It's just, he's not really that much. He's not even in it really, so NA. Do we even need to say what we gave anything for body positivity anymore? NA minus one for a dollar, put a fat person into something. Yes. For class, we gave it a one. Because the wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. I said it. Say it. I said it out loud. They said that. They said that. They said that. All right. This is Cam. And um, this shit got a zero out of ten. These bitches didn't even want to say the final score. It's so embarrassing. This book sucks. Don't read it. All right. Bye. It's time for Harris's hot take. It's time for Harris's hot take. What are your hot take on The Midnight Sun, which is Twilight from Edward's perspective? Okay, here's the thing. I I don't want to consume any more (laughs) Twilight media. Um, And I saw a TikTok the other day of a Twilight, like, reenactment, and I... Was it the one in the group chat? Yes, I saw it before y'all sent it in the group chat, and my blood started to boil. So I did not (laughs) read the book. But, you know, I can't get mad at the book because I didn't get mad at Miss Suzanne Collins for her Hunger Games prequel from a different perspective. And I'm like, you know, I I think it's kind of cool. Not mad at it. I like like when writers write fan fiction for their own characters. (laughs) Tea, though. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of fun. Go for it. It's like, like you funky. Made the character, yeah. do whatever you want. Live okay. your life. I agree. Yeah, live You're your absolutely life. correct. Uh, your take is always boiling hot. Wild. Yeah. Hyping. <laughs> All right. I, I love, love you. you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Don't read it unless you really have to. Yeah. And if you want to, give it a go. Uh, what are you working on? The semester's almost over. Oh, that's weird. Which is so scary to me. Um, and I am, I feel like I've done nothing and yet done so many things and my group projects are happening. I read Midnight Sun. That was what I did this week. That was what I was working on. What are you working on? I'm working on moving my entire life again. Um, so there's that. I'm hemming all of my siblings' pants that are too long for them because I live in a family of short people. So we have a lot of pants that are too long for us and I know how to sew now. I, I made a scarf for Harris. That's off the record. Off the record. Off the record. Um, yeah, I guess like the thing I worked on this week was I was like really trying to make the most of having like fiber resources and like making a lot of physical things. But like I said last week, they shot the movie that I wrote. Um, I imagine they're doing more things with it now. That's exciting. I think that's sexy. I'd love to know anything about it <laughs> i'd love to know about it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it's weird to. like being just a writer in like film and tv i guess because it's like now i'm like totally irrelevant i'm not even affiliated with it anymore like it's done the words have been go. said <laughs> and take it and take do it whatever you want with it yeah anyway. shall we plug a dog <laughs> yeah where can people follow you, Gaia? They can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River or Gaia River Rose, depending on what they need from me, what they want from me. They 
can you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani T H A D A N I. You can follow the Bitch Why Podcast at Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. Please leave a review and rate us on iTunes. All the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor and co-producer and gay god, Cameron, and our graphic designer, Jillian. Good night, bitches. Good night, bitches. Have a good rest. We'll see you next week. 